welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Oh man, Sebastian, what's going on? Preseason, preseason yeah, we, this week. We finished. We officially finished our preseason camp. Um, this is something that we haven't actually gotten to do because of COVID over the last couple of years. So um, I'm excited to be back into this format of it so i i have to send a big shout out to fields brown who was on the podcast last week um he was the inspiration behind how we do our preseason camp um so when i used to work in knoxville uh in knoxville football club with crush um we used to do this thing called um uh awesome august that was a, that was our preseason week i'm glad you got so it <laughs> So we trained, we trained four nights, uh, but the whole point behind it, and this is what we, what we did this year with us is, uh, every, every team gets to have a different coach every night, or at least one of the nights that you get a different coach. Um, this helps in the whole idea of every player knowing on our entire coaching staff. Um, and also solidifying the idea that we do have a style of play that we follow. So regardless of the coach, the, the message is the same throughout the entire practice. So you got to work with the OA girls um, one of the who days. Who already knew me as a coach. <laughs> who already knew you as a coach, but still it's important to see them, right? It's important to um, – Kyle got to work with the 09 girls. I got to work with the 2010s again, uh, which is nice because I haven't seen them in a couple of months. Um, so, yeah, overall I thought I thought it was a really cool um, – I thought it was a really cool experience. Um, and then yesterday we got to cop it off by going to the UD game. So we we went to the home opener of University of Delaware. Uh, they played DSU. Route one rivalry. Route one rivalry. Yeah. So um, obviously, you know, we we wanted to support both both groups. Uh, we have connections to both both schools with some former Delawarean players and a current Delawarean Diamonds player um, at DSU. But at the same time, with with UD, with Mike being being you know a friend of the podcast for us, and a big supporter in general of, of what we do at Delaware Union, um, but also having Sarah, you know, the Apollonia who scored two goals yesterday as one of our coaches in our club. So for us, it was important to to go out there and support. Uh, big shout out to George, who who uh who gave us a tour of the uh Whitney Center, the brand new Whitney Center that's opened up within the last year. Uh it's a fantastic facility. It's, it's absolutely amazing in there. Um might be one of the best college facilities in the state or in the in the region. Um it's you know I've been I've been to some some different college facilities in in my time as a soccer coach. Um and this is this is the, right up there. Um, one hundred percent, fantastic. Um, so so it was really cool to see. Is it really cool for our players to see? I think the coolest part, and I mentioned it to one of our players, was the fact that some of our twenty fourteen players were there. Um, so it's by far the youngest, uh, like the youngest college tour we've done before. <laughs> college ID uh, sessions. <laughs> but it's but you know what though the way I look at it is it's a really good way for them to, to be exposed to it, right. For them to see it, to, to experience it. 
Um, so they, 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 so they go from watching that, um, to then go into the game where now the one player that's up there, you will see at our fields consistently. Yeah. That's their motivation to put on that blue hen uniform in 10 years. Right. That's the next 10 years of my life. I'm going to spend training to be a blue hen. Why not? As of 2014. You know, why not? I think that's. There's a lot to be said about that. So, um, so no, it was obviously. It's it, like two it's whole really... recruiting classes. Yeah. <laughs> like two whole like four sets of four recruiting classes. And then you got the yeah. 2014s. No, it was overall really exciting. Um, fun atmosphere. Uh, stands were were pretty packed, which is cool. A lot of players there are, are 2009 and younger. Players got to play at halftime on the field. Um, which is really cool for them. So yeah, overall, you know, I have to say it was a it was a really fun night. Oh yeah, it was a good opportunity to see the two division one teams play each other. Um and then just again like have connections on both of them, former players, uh current diamond players. It's just good experience. Yeah. Now when I also think and it's just good seeing players from Delaware in general represent. 100%. But I also think from us, from a coaching standpoint, we got to hang out as coaches, which is always a good a good time as well. And we're going to talk about soccer, right? Like, what's what we so basically, a lot of the times, you know, when we end up having these conversations on the podcast is because, or one of the reasons why we started the podcast is because we were having these conversations to begin with. So why not record them and hopefully share them to somebody else? Now we got a chance to have that, that hour, two hour long conversation in person together as a group of four or five. So it was really cool to, to kind of be there and hang out. So, um, yeah, very excited. Um, I will also say that I'm excited for, for the season. I think, you know, we're, this has been a weird time, a weird, weird summer, um, where it felt like there was a lot of going on and then all of a sudden there wasn't. So, you know, there was some a lot. There was a decent amount of downtime, which I'm not used to. So I'm excited to be back on the field. I'm excited to back to coaching um, our players and ultimately, hopefully, develop them and making them better players and better people in general. So um, I guess the other the other piece of news or new thing that's changed is the fact that I started my preseason with Middleton High School. Yeah, on the boys' side, you know, like so. Boys. So on the boys' side, yeah, I will say I I have enjoyed it so far. I've really enjoyed it. Um, so it's going all the way this year. I don't know, but I am doing double duty, which is kind of fun. So I'm part of preseason as a coach, and then I'm also doing the I'm doing a program with Strive. I'm doing a leadership um, program with them as well. We're doing some team building things. So that's been really exciting to kind of do both things with them um, because it's 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 opened up to it's opened up, you know. To, to do some different uh, things that I haven't done before. And the players have gotten to open up, which is nice. Um, so really exciting. I mean, so far this last week has been slightly crazy just because came back with a cold from, from Colorado, but at the same time, um, been able to do a lot of different things, which has been fun. Sounds so, good. I mean, they don't have you up on the roster yet. That's uh, okay. That's fine. I don't, I'm not one of those people <laughs> that needs my name. Listen, man, I don't need I don't need my name or a plaque anywhere. I'm good. And uh you guys got a scrimmage today? We do have a scrimmage today. We're playing <laughs> St. Mark's. 
<laughs> no, we do. 3.30, man. 3.30 at home. So you can save money. <laughs> if you're not doing anything. Well, home where? Which one? Which home? <laughs> uh, Middleton High School. Like at the high oh, school at home, home or uh, at Cavalier oh, Stadium home? No, we're on, we're on the, we're at the high school. We're at the high school. High school home? <laughs> high school home. I was just wondering, man. Which home? Yeah, which home? They got two homes. <laughs> we got two homes. Um, depending yeah. on traffic, it could be like a 20 minute home difference. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so no, it's, it's overall, it's been a, it's been a soccer filled weekend with on the field stuff, which is ultimately at the end of the day, I think what we all enjoy the most out of everything that we do is actually being on the field. Yeah. I'm wondering so, if, uh, we're all going to end up at the Apple game. Middle time Apple games. It's on Thursday. What Thursday? What day? Middle time in Apple. It's in October. When? Oh, in October. What do you mean, when, man? You're the coach. You're supposed to have that day. Set. I'm the I'm the insistent coach, man. I just you gotta, you I just start. Walk. You got to start bleeding blue. Go Cavs. Um, <laughs> uh, you just got to pick up a winter gig with Apple, I and mean, you got all three schools covered. <laughs> coach basketball. Coach swimming, basketball, wrestling, Wrestle, wrestling. Cheerleading. winter track winter track there you there go, you go. That's, that seems like right up my alley be the pole vault coach <laughs> isn't there like uh what the shot put or the hammer yeah a, i think nah, I, I don't do stuff. the hammer anymore shot put and discus yeah i think the shot puts only an indoor though <laughs> could always be the pole vault coach it's probably the easiest coach to be is it i don't know anything about pole vaulting I mean, you don't see, I don't think you see too many pole vault coaches getting up on that pole and vaulting up. That's true. They just tell you, yeah. they just sit in the chair and tell you how to do it. Yeah. Uh, I think the shot put would be good, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, I technically can't. I'm not allowed to coach my team out of season. So what if I became their like indoor coach so for soccer? Become the Apple track coach. Apple I mean, track coach. And then technically, you're in season to coach, whatever. And then I'm just in all three schools, man. I just need one shirt that's got a duck at Jaguar and a Cavalier all like all, all fighting each other. <laughs> it's a Cavalier riding a Jaguar with a duck on his shoulder. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's that's the that's the move, right? There you go. Uh perfect. Brittany to design we'll, it. Yeah, we'll do. Um, all right. Under twenty women's World Cup, man. What a what's somewhat of a disappointment. So the U.S. kicks off to a great start, as we talked about last week against uh, Ghana, and then lose three nothing to Netherlands, and lose three one to Japan. Got das boot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, done out. Don't no longer get to enjoy Costa Rica. Vacation, short. Check out. Yeah, we need the rooms for somebody else. Yeah. So um, ultimately, the group winners were Spain, Colombia, uh, Nigeria, um, Japan. Um, it's not good. Second, second place was Brazil, Mexico, France, and the Netherlands. Also knocked out of the World Cup is Germany. Oof. Um, 
which was a uh, somewhat of a in Canada. Canada Kendrick also knocked the guard. Canada also knocked out Canada coming in last place, losing to Nigeria, France, and South Korea. So, so the quarterfinals start tomorrow um, and Sunday. Spain against Mexico, Colombia against Brazil. That'll be a really good game. That'll be the under twenty uh, rematch of the Copa America final that happened a couple weeks ago. Colombia against Brazil, Nigeria against the Netherlands, and then Japan against France. It's changing in the guard. Japan might be coming back. They used to be really good back in like yeah. But this is this is a this is a this is the part that's somewhat scary for these for the European countries and for South American countries and, and Nigeria as well and Japan. But all these countries, um, you know, going into the World Cup next year, there's a potential that a lot of these players, if they're old enough and, and do a good enough job, right, like they might be able to make their top teams. So that's a that's a that's a that's a big thing, considering we struggled tomorrow, you know, as, as United States. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, next Sunday will be the final. So going into the podcast next week, we'll know exactly who that final will be, because the semifinals happen on Thursday. So then those games are all on FS1, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but they're 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 playing them they're playing them on TV. I believe. Um, all right. I wanted to talk about Ricky Pooch. We mentioned this last week, but he did an interview uh, this week um, with Cesar Hernandez from ESPN, where he talked about, you know, him leaving one of the biggest clubs in the world and coming to the MLS um, because he thinks the MLS is a growing league and the league that will ultimately end up having not just players that come here to retire. Um, Along with the David Beckham league. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be, I mean, Ricky Puch is 23 years old and probably, yeah, he's not the, he wasn't the best 23 year old out there, but at the same time he was, he was a breakout star that, wasn't the worst 23-year-old out there. That's correct. Uh, but for whatever reason, um, can't like couldn't just couldn't break through, right? Like couldn't fully like get solidified in Barcelona. And instead of trying to go and bounce around in a smaller club in, in Europe, he decides to come into the MLS, um, which I think could be a huge, huge step for the MLS. Yeah, I mean, like, he has the opportunity to be, like, the MVP. Like, he's that caliber of player. Um, and not saying other players don't have the drive, but he just has the drive to be great because if Fallon gets to, like, play regular minutes, you know, he's optimistic. So I think it's a good move for him. I mean, ceiling, sky's the limit for Ricky. Well, and do you think this will, this will open up the door for more players that young to come in, like, uh, I think I think depending on their situation, um, you know, if Europe really isn't the move, Europe hasn't been working out for them. I think it absolutely can be. Um, I mean, don't be surprised if the union starts snatching up nineteen-year-olds and eighteen-year-olds that just 
aren't starting for like Barcelona and Real Madrid because that's what they do. Um, but I think, yeah, I think, I mean, just depending on the clubs, I don't think all clubs have the same philosophy in the U.S. You know, some still do rely on the super drafts. Some rely on their markets to bring in large player players of good caliber. You know, Ricky Pooch was never going to go to FC Cincinnati. Um, you know, you got to, he's going to go to LA. He's going to go to like a New York or Miami or something like that. So, I mean, I think it really just depends on the club and can you attract those caliber players? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just think there's certain places people aren't, are not going. Yeah. People are not flocking to the New England Revolution. The New England Revolution is giving everybody the boot. I mean, yeah, it's 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 interesting that I think, um, I think is that I think it's a part of the philosophy of the teams and the markets. Um, I would be curious to see if it becomes a trend with everybody or not, right? Like you mentioned the Philadelphia Union, it's a it's a that's an interesting one because I don't I don't know that they would do that. Um, like they're known obviously for bringing in players from from Europe, but I don't know that they're they're going to bring in, um, like like if the opportunity presented itself for Philadelphia to bring in Ricky Pooch, I don't know if they would have done that. They would have done it. They would have done it seven years ago. Maybe at six. I, 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 I maybe, but not like I don't think they like like for example, like I don't see the union bringing in players that already have a name. Right. Right. Like. That's the thing I, I don't see. But, you know, it could be interesting. I think that'll be what's what's going to grow the league. If you're if you're able to be the, the league that goes out, right? So what happens in South America, for example, is that when a player at 21, 22 years old breaks out and they're really good, then Europe comes in and buys them, right? Well, no one's ever done that to Europe before. No one's ever gone out and gotten the 23-year-old from Europe that like that was already starting to break out and brought them to the MLS, right? So I mean it might be, that be the case? It might end up being that stepping stool, you know, where it's you know, instead of going on loan to like a smaller club, go to the MLS. Like it kind of prepared like where nobody watches these smaller clubs, like nobody's watching a second division game. Well people are watching the MLS. You know, you still have the opportunity to play front of a growing fan base, you know, a growing league. You're going to get the exposure with that uh, that um, League's Cup they're coming out with next year. Like, it's definitely a way to, like, kind of grow yourself. I'm surprised that, you know, Man City hasn't taken more advantage of their partnership with NYCFC or, you know, Red Bull taking more advantage of their partnership with just sending players over. I mean, I know they can't do that kind of like outright, but just yeah, loaning players, just bringing a couple yeah. of players in. Um, yeah, because to me that would make the most sense. They've done the the reverse way where they brought players over, but I wouldn't. I'm surprised. Yeah, they not more players. not back the other way. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good point. Um. All right. Well, as we're talking about stars and, and things like that, the last week the Ballon d'Or nominees were released. And for the first time since 2005, 2004, something like that, Messi is not on the list. 
And neither is Neymar. Neymar's on the list as well. So we'll go through real quick. Um, I think we can all probably agree. We'll, we'll we'll sit at the end, but we can all agree who the who the Bologna winner will be. But um, so Courtois is on the list. Salah, um, Rafael Leao from AC Milan, uh, and Cuckoo from Leipzig, uh, Joshua Kimmich from Bayern Munich, Trent Alexander Arnold from Liverpool, Vinicius Junior, Bernardo Silva, Luis Diaz, Lewandowski. Uh, Mares, Casemiro, Human Son, Fabinho. Uh, I'm gonna skip one, and I'll come back to that. Uh, Mike McNan from AC Milan, Harry Kane, Darwin Nunez, Phil Foden, Sadio Mane, Sebastian Haller, who we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Luka Modric, Rudiger, Ronaldo <laughs> still on the list. Uh, the I mean, Rudiger played well. Rudiger, I mean, look at Rudiger. Yeah. Uh, De Bruyne, uh, Blachowicz, who is the monster at Juve that just scores goals left and right. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, uh, Joao Cancelo, Erling Haaland, and Kylian Mbappe. And the last name that I left off, do you know who it is? Yeah, who I think will end up being the winner. Dude, now it's Lewandowski's to lose. You know, you think so? It's Lewandowski's to lose, man. Last year, though? Last year. We're talking 21-22 season. And Lewandowski scored like 45 goals. Yeah, but, yeah, but Benzema won the, the Champions League again. Who cares? He won it four other yeah. times. He should have won. Yeah, he, 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 yes. Bayern, uh, Champions League. Yes, uh, he scored 48 goals in 44 games. Sorry, 48 goals. Yeah, in 44 games, which is, I mean, yes, fantastic. Um, I, I do think that Benzema... I mean, Benzema scored. And you know, 44? He was set, huh? 40, 44. Uh, probably had a couple of assists too, huh? Yeah, and he won the Champions League. So, um, Did he win I the mean, Super League? Did he win the Super League? Um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would say that Benzema probably wins it. But that's just me. Um, but um, all right. Well, this is a really short episode. <laughs> uh, this would be a sh- somewhat of a shorter episode. Um, but all right, moving on to the player of the match. Uh, my player of the match goes out to uh jillian from the oa girls because today or this week she went from crutches to no crutches to being able to walk with her brace after acl surgery so congratulations to her i'm excited for her recovery looking forward to it so good job jillian your player match sarah sarah the apollonia the apollonia for scoring for putting on for putting on for inspiring these young players and putting on for the city not for the city for the club for the city <laughs> putting on for the club she had on her coaching shirt underneath her jersey yesterday <laughs> and every time she scored she kissed the badge oh <laughs> uh, you're funny did she know we were coming uh yeah should have got it. You should have got her like a shirt or something. Just came to score a goal and come over. That's funny. Yeah. 
That's the way you did. That would have been too the, funny. The girls were jeering around, which I thought was really cool. No, nah, yeah, for scoring two goals. Got robbed of a hat trick, but... Yeah, she was close. Good performance. Yeah, yeah good. That's a good one. Um, all right, on this day in history. So we're going to do two birthdays this time. Uh, 1972, Roberto Abonanzieri, uh, goalkeeper that played for Argentina in the 2006 World Cup and played for Boca Juniors for a long time. Uh, multiple Libertadores winner, um, multiple international. Um, it was this is before the Club World Cup, but it was the winner of the Champions League and the winner of the Copa Libertadores, uh, and probably one of my favorite goalkeepers of all time. Um, I've assigned. Um, a signed jersey and a signed uh, like photo of him. So, um, so yeah, it's one of my favorite players. Um, and then the second one is 1973. So August 19, 1973. Marco Materazzi played for Inter Milan. Um, I know he's Italian, but <laughs> uh, yeah. So Marco Materazzi, uh, also a World Cup winner. Um, with the Italian national team in 2006. Um, yeah, so played at Inter uh, for 10 years in a row. Uh, center back. And then um, he was a player manager for a while as well. Italian After players years. do not leave Serie A. Uh, they he did not leave. Well, actually, no, he did. He played. He played one year at Everton, oh. and did not win the Premier League because Italians don't win the Premier League. Here's the interesting thing about Marco Materazzi. So he was born in 1973. In 1990, he started playing in uh, in like. In Serie C, but he was he was playing in a, in a first team at 17 years old. He retired in 2014. Who's he playing for? Uh, when he retired, yeah. Uh, he was re- he retired in the Indian Super League. Oh, that's why. But but he but he played in Inter until 2011. Sheesh. So he played he played in he played in Italy, or he played professionally at a high level for 21 years. Hey, Buffon's still hanging in there too. Plus what? Plus 17. That's what 38 years old. I mean, those Italians they play for a while. I mean, Tulti played for a while. I mean, Gianluigi still holding on. He is, and I'll, I'm going to send you a picture of him just so that way you see him. He's basically what you would expect a picture out of a Italian center back. Well, um, tall, bald, <laughs> kind of. I um, mean, Gianluigi Buffon has been professional every year of my life. Yeah, there you go. Literally. Um <laughs> so yeah, so that's the on this same soccer history. Um, all right. Um, fair play of the week. 
Fair My favorite play of the week. So I don't think we've talked about this, and I've been meaning to do this. Um, so this actually happened quite a bit ago, but a couple weeks ago. But we should we should talk about it. Uh, so my fair play of the week goes out to Sebastian Haller. So I thought you were about to say like Sebastian the Jet. No, no, no. So um, Sebastian Haller, who dormant tired this past summer from Ajax after he had an amazing season with Ajax, um, during training camp was wasn't feeling right. Um, turned out he had a tumor in one of his testicles, so he. He had to have surgery, and he's undergoing chemotherapy right now. They expect that he could possibly be back in a couple of months, um, but it's just one of those one of those kind of crazy things that that you obviously hear about more because it's somebody that's within the public eye. Um, but you know, it's um, you know just kind of wishing him the best of luck, and hopefully he he'll be able to come back and play because uh, he's. He's a good player. He's a really good forward. Scores a lot of goals. Um, so uh, hopefully he he'll be able to come back. Um, but yeah, so my fair play of the week goes back to Sebastian Haller. Who, who's yours? Not Sebastian Legette. Not Sebastian Legette. No, okay. mine is going to go out to uh, Subaru Park for hosting the women's uh, national women's soccer league match on Saturday tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotham FC playing Orlando Pride, Orlando City. Okay. Pride. So shout out to them for hosting that and giving that platform um, nice. locally for the women's yeah. soccer games. So that's the second yeah. one they've hosted this year. And they had the U.S. women's, now they're hosting Gotham FC. So just constantly exposing the young ladies as well as the men for the Philadelphia Union. That's good. Good stuff. Well, you can always catch us on Instagram at DE Soccer Podcast, DE Soccer Podcast. Thanks for joining us this weekend. And always remember, oh, wait, I messed that up. Let me read that again. Thanks for joining us this weekend. Remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.